Hey everyone, this is Prashant and I'll be your host for the VC10X podcast and today we have Hani Azam with us. Hani is the founder of Viaka, a digital road network that facilitates the flow of capital, talent, expertise and more between developed and growth markets. He's also a venture partner at Plus Venture Capital. In this episode, we talk about Viaka, how is the startup ecosystem shaping up in the MENA region and how you can become a venture scout and all you need to know and have for it. Without wasting any time, let's get started. Oh wait, if you haven't subscribed to VC10X yet, please do and give us a 5-star rating if you find value in this episode. Now, let's start. Hey honey, so good to have you on the VC10X podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. Great. So to start things off, uh, can we have your story, your background, and how you started uh, Viaka, your company? Yeah, sure. So I think this this story really starts um, after I finished my undergrad studies um, here in Boston, where I'm currently based. Uh, I spent a year working in the Middle East in Palestine, um, and that was that was really a transformational experience for me. Um, Before that, I had studied international relations, had done internships at UNESCO and in a consulate here in Boston. So I was definitely thinking that I was heading on a diplomatic um, kind of foreign service route. Uh, But when I went to Palestine, I was exposed to the startup community, specifically um, around Ramallah in the West Bank. Um, and found the work that everyone in that community was doing so inspiring, Um, found that community full of optimism, um, full of agency, uh, belief that that they could shape their their own future. And honestly, when I look back on it, that really (laughs) infected me with the entrepreneurship bug. Um, So I came back to Boston, uh, after a year of working in Palestine and joined an early stage startup called Freebird. Um, I was a fairly early employee, um, I think number eight there, and um, helped them build out their customer experience function. Um, we were in the travel space. Uh, so that was a great ride. I, I learned so much from from that. It wasn't really focused on you know the Middle East. It was uh, completely um focused on the american market um but it was a great experience being on the inside of a startup uh as it was built um from really close to the ground level up to eventually raising a series a um and uh working with some some really uh top level partners including american express um platinum card uh and Fast forward um, to 2020, as I mentioned, we had raised the Series A. Um, in 2020, that startup was acquired by Capital One. Um, and the acquisition was a really good moment for me to reflect on um, what I wanted to do uh, with my career. Um, and especially as it came to uh, looking back uh, at the Middle East and kind of that the origin of this whole story um, and how I could re-engage with my network and community there um, and and build on it. And so when that acquisition happened, um, 
we were integrating into Capital One uh, and there was a bit of a slowdown in terms of work. Also, as I mentioned, we were in travel and this was in the, the heart of the pandemic. So the travel industry as a whole was um, had slowed down. Um, and so I started then just kind of like yourself, actually interviewing founders and investors who were working in the Middle East. Um, I, I ran a blog for about a, about a year called Start Mina Up, where I would just interview folks and share those interviews. Um, and really that kind of re-exposed me to the, the ecosystem in the Middle East and North Africa um, and expanded my lens beyond just Palestine. Um, and through that, uh, I ended up connecting with uh, a venture fund based in the region um and eventually starting to work with them as a scout and a venture partner um and the experience in working with them that fund is called plus vc still work with them today um but the experience in working with them first in that role really just exposed me to the fact that it's still quite difficult for startups um, and their investors based in the middle east and i think this could apply across a few emerging markets um, it's quite difficult for them to make the types of connections and to get access to the types of networks that um, could be really helpful for their growth as a fund or as a startup um, that exists in North America, um, in North America and Europe, especially in, in markets or ecosystems that are just a bit further along in terms of development. And so really started exploring the concept that eventually became Vika to address that pain point, um, to kind of be the address for, or give investors um, and startups the opportunity to have an advocate or representation in a market like North America. And then also to be the address for folks in North America that are interested in getting more involved with the startup ecosystem in the Middle East and North Africa. Yeah, that, that's a very interesting model, uh, basically plugging the MENA region to the American region where, where all the heat is there, right? So, and, and let, let's talk about the uh, MENA startup ecosystem a little bit. So how is it faring and uh, how, what what does the future potential look like in the MENA region? Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a bit biased, but um, I, do, I do believe very strongly in the potential in the MENA region. And you are starting to see some of that. Um, bear fruit in um, the recent funding wave in the region, especially like, I guess this is maybe more of a symptom than the cause itself, but you do, you have seen some, um, some really big global investors um, start to dip their toes into um, startups in Egypt, um, startups in the Gulf. Uh, and so that's, that's a really exciting indication that people are starting to wake up. I mean, the high level points um, are just that uh, the Middle East and North Africa is a, is a huge market in terms of population size. You're talking 300 or 400 million people. Um, all of them speak generally the same language, um, have uh, a pretty common cultural background um, and uh, have some of the highest rates of internet and social media penetration in the world. Um, and on top of that, uh, you're starting to see governments, particularly those in the Gulf, 
Um, but you know, even uh, governments like in Tunisia, for example, um, have like really not just awakened to the power of entrepreneurship, but made significant investments or significant legal changes to help foster entrepreneurship. So I, I do think the future is bright. Of course, um, the region is is also, you know, constantly in the news for some less positive reasons. Um, but I do see, you know, like on the economic front and on the innovation front, there's uh, a tidal wave of um, young folks coming out of universities, um, uh, a growing population and um, a population that's really looking for, uh, I yeah, really looking for um, ways to take uh, control over their own destiny. Um, and so I think that those combination of factors, you know, lead me to be quite bullish on, on the future of the region, especially when it comes to innovation and entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And like uh, what you're doing at uh, Viaka is something very interesting. You're sourcing and scouting deals for your venture partners, right? So how do you do that? Because uh, scouting is no easy job. Like uh, no job is easy, but like uh, you need to have a like really good network in the region, which is a really big region in itself, right? Uh, so how do you accomplish that and how do you source the right kind of deals for your partners? Yeah. So the scouting that we're doing is actually kind of in the other direction. So like we're working with a fund that's based in the region, um, but that fund plus VC, they invest, um, they make investments in the region, but they're also investing outside the region in uh, founders that are part of the region's diaspora. And so it's that second component that um, we help them scout for. And uh, the way, I mean, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, like to do that requires a lot of networking. Um, and that's part of what we're trying to build as a part of Vika is build a network around Vika of folks that are in the region's diaspora or just interested in connecting to the startup and venture ecosystem in the region so that eventually we're, we're getting those type of founders inbound, founders that are interested in um, taking investment from Middle Eastern investors. Um, but while we're still building that out, there's a lot of um, scrolling, scrolling through LinkedIn, um, looking for posts um, uh, about people starting starting new companies, doing the same thing on Twitter. And it kind of starts to become a virtuous cycle where like when, you know, you meet a founder or you meet somebody who uh, has their own network of founders, um, et cetera, the posts that they like start showing up in your feed. And so then like more and more names kind of um, start, uh, start crossing your desk, if you will. Um, but beyond that, you know, it's also a question of getting involved in different community organizations. So um, to that end, I'm involved with an organization called TechWadi here um, in the US that uh, is really the, the home for the MENA diaspora in tech um, in general uh, and uh, puts on some great events throughout the year, which is a great, great, great place and great way to build network. In a similar way, I'm part of an organization called Startup Boston, which is Boston Boston focused, um, but that also hosts events um, and conferences throughout the year um, 
And with them, I specifically work on actually an investor uh, founder matching event that takes place every quarter. So it's kind of just like a, a combination of getting out there through these community organizations, as well as a lot of uh, social media attentiveness and, and even, uh, you know, like targeted search stalking, if you will, um, to, to um, yeah, to, to find the folks who are starting interesting um, companies. Right, right, right. Uh, and scouting is something that a lot of folks are interested in getting into because there there are some good incentives there to scouting deals. So uh, to start with, like for scouting, uh, what all work does it involve to be a scout? Is, is it all about networking or is there something more, more to that? Uh, the networking is is huge. Um, like I mentioned, I mean, that's where ultimately your supply comes from, I feel like, you know, when you actually bring the deals. But maybe one other element that sometimes can be overlooked is um, the relationship that you build with the fund that you're scouting for. Um, and so it's been great to work with Plus VC. Um, I joined them in uh, most of their like weekly meetings, um, have meetings on my own with, uh, one of the partners, um, and have just become like really close with the team, which also enables like at the end of the day, when you're scouting for a deal, you know, you, you find that deal, you might, you talk to the founder. Um, and so you want to a, be able to represent the fund correctly. And the best way to do that is to know, know the fund intimately. Um, in addition to that, though, you you bring those deals back to the fund, and um, it's important to then like get feedback on the deal from from the rest of the investment team, so that you can constantly be refining the, the types of deals that you're sourcing. Um, and so, having a really good relationship with the rest of the fund's team um, is just essential because, like, you know, it's inevitable that you're going to bring a deal every now and again, or especially when you start out, that doesn't fit exactly what they're looking for. Um, and you have to, you have to get feedback in order to, to correct that. Um, and so that, uh, yeah, I think building that type of relationship with the fund that you're scouting for is, um, is just essential in, 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 um, in scouting well, uh, over, kind of a longer time frame right right uh, and, and and while doing that uh, uh, like building that relationship like for anyone who wants to be a scout can they be a scout or uh, are there some barriers to entry to being a scout like are, are there some credentials required or some past experience required or, or a previous network which is already kind of established uh, required for you to go and become a venture venture scout. I know you are a proper venture partner with this fund, and you were working very closely with them, right? Uh, but for for a lot of scouts or one of these scouts, they might not be so closely working with the fund, but they still might be on the look for good deals they can send over, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the more than necessarily like a pre-existing. Um, experience or network it's like some kind of differentiator in terms of access um, and so 
you know, for me, um, what, as you mentioned, like how fortunate enough to have a close relationship with, with the fund, but, um, you know, an example might be if you are like, let's, this is purely hypothetical, but let's say, you know, you're a fund that invests mostly in machine learning uh, startups or startups working with machine learning, like you might want to have scouts that are doing PhDs in machine learning at top universities um, across the world. Um, and so kind of like if as a scout in that hypothetical scenario, if you're a PhD student, you can offer that fund kind of a differentiated access or unique access to the types of founders that they want to connect with. Um, so I think that's really <clears throat> the most important prerequisite is like, what do you bring to the table that matches what the fund is, is looking for and helps them get access to a, a pool of, of founders or of individuals that it was previously difficult for, um, or is, is a challenge for them to get access to. Um, the network, uh and the experience like those are things that kind of can come after the fact almost um and you know particularly the experience in terms of actually reviewing deals like that comes with repetition and that comes with a lot of just self-study i think that access point is ultimately what um what scouts are are used for and and what makes um what what can really differentiate them yeah absolutely and and, and talking about the incentive part because that is what a lot of people are attracted by that they're good incentives. So what do, what do these incentives look like? Are they connected to the kind of deal you're bringing and how big is the deal? Or is there a uniform rate for any deal that you bring? How does that work? Um, on a general level, I think it d depends on what, um, yeah, it depends. You know, in some cases, in terms of becoming a scout, like it's incentive enough to have to to be gaining experience in the venture world reviewing deals as i said so much of it is just like doing the reps getting um the experience uh and so even if there's no financial compensation the compensation of um building out your sourcing network um finding a deal you're excited about doing due diligence on it uh, documenting and writing why you're excited about it and sharing that with, um, uh, let's say a partner at a venture fund who has experience, has great deals under his or her belt, um, you know, and getting feedback on that, like that experience and the learnings that you can get from that, that's compensation, um, enough. Um, and then, you know, for us, uh, it's that that's been the setup for a while. Um, we're, we are, uh, as Vika in general, looking right now to move towards, um, also, uh, some type of, uh, like financial incentives for the scouting that we're doing. Um, but most of that is, yeah, uh, confidential at the moment. So can't, can't, um, share too much, but, uh, I think most folks get into scouting initially for that learning and then after you've done it for about a year or done it with X number of deals, you start to prove that you can actually deliver value while doing it. And that's when you can start to have a conversation about 
um, financial incentives as well. Yep. And, uh, and, and t- talking about, uh, you know, like wh- what are, what are some of the like really interesting deals that you've sourced, uh, for your venture partners? I know you might not be able to name them because they're not public yet, but uh, without naming them, if you could share some stories, how you got connected with the founders and how you conveyed it, the process. Yeah. Um, Two that jumped to mind that both kind of came through two of the different types of, of sourcing that I mentioned. So one of them, I'm pretty sure was was really just like, you know, a name popping up in my LinkedIn feed that um, looked like a name from the, the Middle East the founder was based in the US um, and they're working on uh, a really interesting product to make um, basically make it easier for uh, folks to consume academic research. Um, and a like with the the pain point after speaking with the founder, like the pain point is super recognizable, pretty much for anyone who's gone through university and dealt with trying to uh, read like scholastic research. Um, still mostly on PDFs and like really weird formats. Um, so easily recognizable pain point. And then of course, like the founder um, is just a huge, like, especially at the stage that that Plus VC is looking at, which is um, pre-seed through early series A, just the founder themselves um, is, probably the biggest selling point. So I was really excited about that founder, great technical background, experienced um, experienced entrepreneur, had already founded a couple companies um, that had some pretty successful outcomes. So um, so that was, that was one and that was sourced more just through like that LinkedIn outreach. Um, the other, another one that comes to mind was actually more sourced through the Boston startup community that I mentioned. Um, and so that is a startup in the uh, female, um, like female uh, health and wellness space, um, and really just got introduced um, through through the Boston startup community. Um, founder was a student um, here in Boston before. Um, graduating and, and launching this company and uh yeah just um some folks we, we had some some mutual folks in common that eventually connected us uh knowing the type of startups that i was looking for and the type of funding um that the founder was looking to raise uh so i guess that's kind of examples of of the different ways that being part of a network or community organization can be really helpful. And then also just the, the more um, like online direct outreach um, can, can come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. And my, my last main question for you would be, uh, but what's, what's your long-term vision with Aviaka? Uh, it's right now it's pretty early in your journey, but like, what do you see this shaping into? Yeah, um, it is quite early. Uh, we're right now working uh, with with two venture funds in the Middle East, and we're really just kind of proving out the model um, that we can 
connect them with we can connect the fund or or the funds portfolio companies with the types of introductions that they're looking for um, we've had some success in scouting deals we've had some success in introducing portfolio companies to interesting folks here in north america that can help them work through a challenge that they might be facing or a new market opportunity that they're trying to explore um, but yeah this is you know very much been in the trial phase i would say so the long-term vision um, that I described is that we can be, Bieka can be the address for folks in North America that are interested in connecting with um, the venture and startup ecosystem in the Middle East, that um, we can build a really top level um, talent and investor community around Bieka here in North America. And then in the Middle East that Vika is known as the place for funds and startups to go when they want to connect with those types of resources in North America. Um, and so right now, like our, our next steps are um, really building out both sides of that, building out the community that we have around Vika um, here in North America and building out um, the partnerships that we have in the Middle East with other venture funds, with other types of organizations that aggregate and support startups there um, so that we can, um, yeah, so that we can be providing both sides uh, with the value that they're looking for, the thing that they're, they're, the, that they're currently missing. Um, so yeah, it's, an, it's a pretty exciting moment. We've seen that this is certainly like a pain point for, uh, these types of organizations in the Middle East, and that it's still, um, yeah, that it's it's quite challenging for folks in North America to connect or to connect with the the kind of vetted high quality opportunities um, coming from for, coming from the region. Um, so we think that we can really slot in there nicely and uh, provide both sides what they're looking for. Um, so yeah, that's our that's our long term vision. Yeah. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, basically you're trying to build the connector for the MENA region for entrepreneurs and VCs and connecting them them both, right? So incredible stuff there. And I wish you all the best. So my very last question for you is uh, where can our listeners follow you and where can they check more about uh, Viaka? Yeah, we have um, a Viaka page on LinkedIn. Uh, we publish a newsletter weekly where we um, highlight startups, funds um, from the Middle East, as well as do some just more like general coverage about the startup ecosystem there. Um, if you're in North America or Europe and interested in connecting with the opportunities um, from, our, from our partners in the Middle East, we also have a sign-up form on our website, which is viaca.net. Um, and there you can sign up for the Viaca network to be the first ones to, to kind of see these opportunities and be matched with them. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're on all the platforms. We're on Twitter as well. Um, but, uh, definitely check out our page on LinkedIn, um, subscribe for our newsletter and check out our website, which again is really simple, www.viaca.net. All right, and they can follow you on LinkedIn, right? And on Twitter as well, I believe. Definitely, definitely. All yep. right, all right. 
Yeah, I'll make sure to put all the links in the show notes below so that our listeners can easily get there and check out Viaka and what you're building. Thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you and uh, all the best for what you build in the future with Viaka. Uh, thank you, Prashant. Thank you. Yeah, I My really pleasure. appreciate it. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. <laughs>